Well, I'm excited to introduce our guest speaker today, but uh, before I do, I just want to give kind of a brief recap of how we arrived here today at our third annual Freedom Sunday. Shortly after I came to be your pastor here, our, the general director of the Church of God in Anderson, Indiana, issued a call for churches to start hosting a Freedom Sunday to focus on this issue of human trafficking that uh, plagues our world right now and has for a long time, but it has grown exponentially in recent years. And, and it's an issue that uh, too few governments are dealing with and, and too few nonprofit agencies are dealing with. And so uh, he issued the call that we jump in to this fight. And in fact, the Church of God has been fighting this in, in some ways for over 100 years. In 1914, uh, we opened a mission in India called The Shelter. And they literally snuck girls out of brothels and places like that where they were being uh, kidnapped and taken and trafficked. And uh, they didn't probably call it human trafficking back then, but that's what it was. And they would rescue these girls out of there. And the shelter in India is still uh, housing at-risk girls to this day. And that's a, a ministry that we are blessed to be a part of. And so on our first Freedom Sunday, uh, not last year but the year before, we talked and just kind of introduced the issue of human trafficking, what it is. Uh, the, the Basically... Trafficking human beings, selling human beings, using them for profit. Kidnap- they, they do it in a lot of different ways through kidnapping, coercion, um, blackmail. You know, it's a, it's a long list of ways that they do it. And they do it for a lot of different reasons. Though a lot of it uh, predominantly has to do with sexual exploitation, as it says on the screen there. And so this is a very real issue, not just in other parts of the world, but right here in America. And, and so last year... When we hosted our Freedom Sunday, we invited a guest from a local agency called Project 41. And it was really our first encounter with this agency. Uh, but it turned out that there was a, a not-for-profit agency right here in our community that was engaged in the fight against human trafficking. And I think we were all probably blown away a little bit last year as we heard details of how this issue is is at work this evil exists in our community it, it all of a sudden wasn't something far away that we were giving money to help do you know as uh, as we've been giving money for a couple of years now to chog traffic light which is the church of god's agency that they send money to places here in america and uh, overseas but a lot of times it's you know bigger cities or uh, you know, uh, they've got a, a mission they're starting in Berlin. They've got something on the streets in Atlanta and all these different agencies that we were helping to support. Uh, but no, it's also happening right here in our backyard. And, and so co-founder Lindsay Nadler was with us last year and, and just kind of introduced us to her ministry and, and to what they're doing on behalf of uh, women, especially in our community. And, and so that was, it was eye-opening. And we've been partnering with them ever since. It feels like it's been longer than a year. And uh, that may be because I had a baby in the last year. And it just feels like a long year. But, uh, but we've been privileged to be partners with them now for, for a full year. And so today we invited uh, them back to come and share with us. And we are privileged to have one of their board members with us today, Nick Andrews. And he's going to come and share a little bit about... The issue of human trafficking and also about what Project 41 doing, is doing and how we can continue to uh, make strides in our partnership uh, in this fight as well. So let's give uh, Nick a warm welcome as he comes to share with us. 
Good morning. It's a pleasure to be here with you, uh, even though we're talking about such a rough issue. Uh, my name is Nick Andrews. Uh, uh, like Pastor Neil said, uh, I'm actually from Sterlington, Louisiana. Married, got three kids, another one on the way. My wife couldn't be with us this morning because uh, she's pretty far along and, and considered high risk. Uh, so I would ask that y'all be praying for her. Her name's Jesslyn. But uh, hopefully we'll have number four here in a few, a few weeks maybe. So uh, really excited about that. And I was reading in Isaiah last night, uh, Isaiah chapter 40. I, I hope you're all familiar with it, but uh, Isaiah talks about um, who is like our God, right? Uh, it says he measures the waters in the hollow of his hands, and he marks off the heavens by his fans. I love how it says he calls out the hosts, the starry hosts, and he knows them all by name. And because of his might, not one of them's missing. Do y'all realize this is the God we serve? That nothing is outside of His reach. Not even this issue. And God calls His people to be faithful, right? And so, uh, I know you got to meet Lindsay last, uh, last year. And hopefully you've met Mackenzie as well. Uh, these two are top-notch. Uh, very driven in what they do. Um, very uh, committed to the Lord and the mission that God has called them to. Um, but, but I want to say this on behalf of Lindsay and, and on behalf of myself and Mackenzie is, is none of us care if you remember our name. We, we want you to remember our Lord. And so as, as we address this issue this morning, it's, it's not something that's comfortable to talk about, but it's something that needs to be talked about. And, and I'm probably going to take an, an around-the-world approach to get where I want to be, but, uh, and I'm going to look down a lot more than, than probably I normally would. So just bear with me because I don't want to miss anything. If you have your Bibles, I hope you do. Uh, please turn uh, to the book of 1 Timothy, chapter 6. Um, 1 Timothy, chapter 6. We're going to talk about slavery in general today as we start historically, uh, the issue of slavery biblically, and then the issue of slavery today. And that, that's how I'm going to try to approach this. And hopefully um, you'll understand uh, how significant this issue is. If, if you've got it, could you say, got it? You there? Got it? All right. 1 Timothy, chapter 6. going to begin reading in verse 1. It says, Let all who are under a yoke as bondservants regard their own masters as worthy of all honor, so that the name of God and the teaching may not be reviled. Those who have believing masters must not be disrespectful on the ground that they are brothers. Rather, they must serve all the better, since those who benefit by their good service are believers and beloved. Teach and urge these things. If anyone teaches a different doctrine that does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the teaching that accords with godliness, he is puffed up with conceit. And understand, excuse me, and understands nothing. He has an unhealthy craving for controversy and quarrels about words which produce envy, dissension, slander, and evil suspicions and constant friction among people who are depraved in mind and deprived of the truth. Imagining that godliness is a means of gain, but godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of the world. But if we have food and clothing... With well, these things we'll be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pains. Would you pray with me? Father God, as we come before you this morning, Father, I just ask that you would open our eyes to see the truth of who you are. Now, Father, open our ears to hear the truth of your word, Father, and give us hearts with compassion and love, Father, to care about the things that you care about. Father, I just uh, ask that you would speak your truths to your people. In Jesus' name, amen. So, 
for me anyway, and, and maybe the same for you, when you think about the issue of slavery, the first thing that probably pops into your mind is, is slavery that went on during the Civil War. We're taught about that at length as children. Uh, we just uh, went through a month that, that represents remembering that type of slavery. Um, the thing is, slavery is, is, was around a lot longer than, than just the Civil War. Uh, slavery is seen throughout history in several ways. First off, you kind of see it in the Bible as Hebrew servanthood. Uh, in Deuteronomy 15 and Leviticus, uh, we kind of get an understanding of God's perspective on slavery. In, in the Old Testament, we see people that would actually sell themselves into slavery. And, and what, what that was was to work off a debt or to get out of poverty. Uh, we see slavery represented in Rome where it was an estimated that 50 to 60 million people in the Roman Empire were slaves. A lot of them sold themselves again into slavery to gain citizenship. Uh, so, so we have a, a really different picture of slavery in the Old Testament. Uh, but we also see slavery of a harsh way in the Old Testament where we see God's people enslaved to the Egyptians. And we see Moses in that great story lead them out of slavery. Uh, we also see represented uh, throughout history indentured servanthood. That was actually common in colonial America. Uh, it was estimated that half to two-thirds of European white immigrants came to America as indentured servants to work off this idea of coming to America. We see slavery represented like we just talked about in African slave trade. People sold into slavery often treated very harshly, transported, transported in harsh conditions, um, and often not making the trip. Now, biblical history is, is filled with all kinds of thoughts and teachings about slavery, about this idea of how we're to treat slaves, uh, instructions uh, addressing specific times and specific situations about slavery. Um, slavery, though, even in the sense of servitude and, and, and Hebrew servanthood has one root, and that's sin. All slavery leads back to that thought of sin. And in the Bible, we, we see this condemnation of slavery. Why? Because uh, as it says in Genesis 1, 27, let us make man in our image, right? Every human being who was ever created it's created in the image of the Almighty God. You believe that? So that gives us equal dignity, right? And so slavery is, is condemned. Uh, Abraham Lincoln wasn't the one that come up with equality. Uh, we, see, we see it shown in Job 31.15 where he refused to mistreat his servants. We were all created with equal dignity and, and all created to be equally submissive before the Lord. Bowing only to Him. And in that, it's also true that we will all receive equal justice before the Lord. Slavery violates God's Word in every way, shape, or form. And we need to understand that to understand the issue at hand. If you look at Exodus 21, uh, you see the idea first come on the scene of human trafficking. Did you know that? That even back in Exodus, humans were trafficked. In Exodus 21, 16, it says if a man is caught buying or selling a slave, it's punishable by death. There's biblical perspective on, on slavery, and it's, it's, it's that the Bible denounces human trafficking. Um, 
There's emphasis that should be placed here for at least two reasons. One, if we had long ago, because I want to share with you, if you don't know this, the church in that day took part of African slave trading. Did you know that? And they were wrong. But if if we had paid attention to these teachings, then, then that would have never happened. But we also need to know that because currently human trafficking, it is estimated, involves 27 to 30 million people worldwide. 27 to 30 million people. And here's the thing. These are not faceless, nameless people. This is somebody's little girl. This is somebody's little boy. This is somebody's mama. And we can't treat them as a a statistic. Approximately 80% of, of those being trafficked currently are women or girls. And half of that number. So if we, if we do a little math, and I'm not real quick to do math in my head, if we take 30 million people and take 80%, I'm just going to guess that's somewhere around 22, 23 million, take half of that. There are around 11 to 12 million little girls being trafficked in the world today. Does that not do something to you? That that's going on in our world today. They are being sexually exploited through the issue of human trafficking. In, in Nepal, over 10,000 girls as young as, nine, as young as nine have been sold in just the last decade into sexual slavery. A lot of them sold by their parents. Over 10,000 children between six. I have a little girl that's six. And 14, some of you may have daughters that are 14 or granddaughters that are 14. Over 10,000 of them in Sri Lanka are currently in brothels being sold as toys. I know a man named Charlie Hoy. Uh, he, he is around 90 years old. He's a missionary. He's in South Mexico currently, right now, still serving the Lord. Every time he comes to visit us, he, he quotes uh, Psalm 37. He says, I, I've been young and I'm old. But I've never seen the children of God forsaken. Or God's children begging bread. And I remember that about him. And I love that about him. Because he's 90-something years old and still giving his life to serve the Lord. He, he sent us an email fairly recently. In South Mexico, the parents are having to walk their children to school. And see them inside and pick them up at the door and walk them home. Because children are being stolen by even men in the village. And some of them their own fathers. And sold into slavery. Sexual slavery. And you know where they're bringing them? The United States of America. This is not an issue that is outside of us. Sexual slavery is real. It is one of the fastest growing criminal organizations in the world because it's considered low risk and high reward. There are great implications for us in this. Do you understand that? As the church, we are called to fight against such things. Brother uh, Pastor Neil informed you that I'm, I'm a part of Project 41. 
Uh, Project 41, I'm sure you know, is a local organization that works to fight against sex trafficking. It's real and it's happening today in our area. Monroe, Louisiana, not far from here, right? West Monroe, Ruston, Shreveport, I-20. It's crazy how much of it goes on. Just this past year, a mother and a stepdad were trafficking about six girls, one of them her own daughter, out of a hotel here in town. Praise the Lord, we were able to make an arrest. And they're being charged. Free those girls. That's just one case. And that's why it's important. The Bible gives regulations for slavery then. But what about now? What does slavery really look like today? It it, it looks a lot of different ways. And for us as Christians, uh, this is kind of where the rubber meets the road, so to speak. Y'all know what a blind spot is? Anybody ever hit somebody in their blind spot? Yeah, I've done that. not going to lie. Or a pole or something. You know what a blind spot is? As Christians, we tend to have blind spots. Here's the thing. False teachers, you remember reading about false teachers in the Old Testament? And, And I would say it would bother me that this might offend you, but I really don't care because it's true. There's one of my... Favorite ones to read about in the book of Jeremiah is a guy named Hananiah. And when I read about him, like I picture Joel Osteen. I picture a guy with his hair slicked back saying, you can have your best life now. I don't know about y'all, but I don't want my best life now. Right? I don't want my best life now. Because it's going to be a great day. When we get to the kingdom, but we're not in the kingdom of heaven. We're in God's kingdom on earth, and we're called to not ignore blind spots. False teachers still exist today, and and if we're honest, one of the greatest false teachers in this world is often ourselves, because we want to act like issues like sex slavery doesn't exist. You you could not believe the amount of people that I have come up with and and tried to share about Project 41 that would say, stop right there. I prefer not to know. Y'all know um, an ostrich sticks his head in the sand and thinks he's hid? Y'all heard that before? That doesn't mean that they can't see him. Just because we ignore an issue does not mean it does not exist. What we must see, and, and it's why I read this passage, is the issue... In the world today of materialism, which we are all victim to, right? Is what's driving this industry and why sex slavery is called an industry. It is literally, I'm in the timber business. Uh, You may have known that, you may not, but I'm in the timber business. I buy trees, I cut them, I sell them. If you don't like that, I'm I'm sorry. I went to school for that and that's what I do. If you don't like that, you're sitting on the wrong pew. (laughs) And remember that next time you go to the restroom. That's what toilet paper's made out of, trees. Uh, Sex, slavery, supply and demand. Just like a church pew is supply and demand. Or toilet paper is supply and demand. Trees, supply and demand. And that's what's going on. And and that's why this passage is so relevant. Because there's things we must see in this world today. And I want to give you some statistics. And I want you to think about it. What we must see in light of of 1 Timothy chapter 6 
is there's urgent spiritual need in the world today. There are 7 billion people in the world today approximately. One third of them claim to be Christians. So that leaves 4.7 billion with a B people across the world today who do not know Christ. And if they died at this very minute, they would spend an eternity in hell. Two billion of those people are considered unreached. That means they have never been encountered by the gospel. The word unreached should be a curse word to us. And it should offend us. Because we have the resources to solve that problem. What are we going to do with it? One region in India, there are 5,000 deaths per day. And it's less than .01 evangelical. So 9,999 people die every two days and spend an eternity in hell. Apart from the Father. There's urgent spiritual need in the world today. There's urgent physical need in the world today. Over one billion people live and die today on poverty, in poverty on less than one dollar per day. Close to another billion live on less than two dollars per day. Approximately 20,000 people will die today, this Sunday, March 5th. Is that right? Is it March 5th? I don't keep up with the date really well. Will die today due to starvation. In Somalia, there are over 750,000 people living in poverty and starving to death, literally. The vast majority of them are without Christ. And it gets worse. I just told you, 27 to 30 million people right now are in slavery, more than there ever has been in the world are slaves today. 27 to 30 million. And we think that the fight for slavery is not real. I'm going to tell you a couple of stories. There's a little girl named Malia. True story. She's nine years old. She lived in Nepal with her mom and her brother and her sister. And she had one sibling that was kind of sick. So this little girl named Malia was one of the hardest workers there ever was. She was a pretty little girl. Until one day a man comes up the mountain. And he goes up to her mom and she says, I see your daughter. She's so beautiful. And I can take her back to Kathmandu. And she can make money for you. And I can send it to you. And she can support the family. And the mom says, no, there's no way I could live without Mama Leah. So the man goes on about his business. He goes on. And when he's passing back through, he stops again. And he, he asks her again. And this time, Malia heard about it. And so she says, Mom, can I really help you and help our family? She says, well, that's what he's saying, but I don't want you to go. And she says, well, I, I want to go. I want to be able to help my family. And so the man, as, as kind of a faith thing, gives them 100 rupees, which is a lot of money for them in Nepal. And he ends up taking Malia with him. Her mom never heard from her again because when they got to Kathmandu at nine years old, he started trafficking her out of a restaurant. He drugged her up, filled her with alcohol, and forced her to have sex with grown men as many as 10 to 15 times a day. Nine years old. You want to you hear one a little bit closer to home? A girl named Hannah. Birmingham, Alabama. Y'all know where that's at? Hannah. It's around 16 at the time. She met a guy. Her parents were really strict. And she met this guy who made her feel like she was the world to him. 
And so he told her he loved her and how beautiful she was. And finally, convinced her to run away with him because he wanted to marry her. So she runs away with this guy. Well, a few weeks later, he starts making her do things like take nude pictures and then start doing things with his friends. Sexual things. From there, it escalated to he took her to truck stops. And he said, you see that truck over there? Go make me some money. And her boyfriend slash fiance slash was going to be her husband became her pimp. You know what? It, it gets even closer to home. I know a lady that is a member of my church that was rescued out of the same situation. Her boyfriend became her pimp. It's going on in the world today. There's urgent, physical, spiritual need. And there's a great opportunity for the church to work. Do you understand what I'm saying? Not that this is a great opportunity, but there is a great opportunity for the church to invest in this. To work to save these people. Here's the thing. We, how many of you in the last year have claimed yourself to be poor? Nobody? Nobody's ever said, I'm broke. I'm about broke. Y'all are, y'all, y'all, I know this ain't a Baptist church, but y'all are Baptist liars. <laughs> if you make $25,000 or more per year, you are in the top 10% in the entire world. The average Christian gives 2.5% of their earnings to the church, and the average church gives 2% of that to foreign missions. The average North American Christian gives five cents to every hundred dollars they, they make to go around the world for missions of all sorts. All sorts, much less the issue of human trafficking. Here's the thing, what will Christians say in a hundred years about us today? So I told you I'm in the timber business. Uh, I'm going to give you a little precursor. Uh, when I first got out of school, I went to work for the state. I was a state worker. See if y'all will lie again. You ever made fun of state workers? How many of them have to stand around a hole and look in it? You know, it's, it's for real. About a state worker, it's about 10% of them do all the work, right? Well, here's the problem with that. The church is worse than state workers. Less than 2% of people in the last year, Christian church-going people shared their faith. The issue of sex slavery is a gospel issue. What are we doing? Think about our lack of care about the gospel going forward and how that has affected an issue such as sex slavery. Right? He, he measures the water in the hollows of his hand. Do you really believe that our God is that great? And why would we not tell others about him? The heart behind Project 41 is, is the parable of the sheep, the lost sheep, where you leave the 99 to go after the one. If we were going after the one with the gospel, do, do you think there would be that many lost in the world today? And do you think there would be this issue of sex slavery? It's a shame we even have to talk about these issues. But instead, we're doing what Paul's warning Timothy about. 
We're not being aware or bewaring of, of spiritual division. And I'm going to tell you, my generation is probably one of the worst for sitting around debating theological ideas. And there's a time for that. But there are people lost and dying in the world today that we care nothing about so that we can argue over what our differences are. I'm sure that there are some doctrinal issues that I don't agree with with y'all. That's okay. Christ is Lord, right? And He came to save us from our sin, right? But He also came to bring us salvation so that we could go after others. This issue of slavery should cause us to start ignoring all of these things and start going after the one. It is a shame in this world today that, that issues like sex slavery and abortion or even a conversation, right? That, that we would even have a conversation about whether it is right or wrong to murder an unborn child. And that's what it is. And if you disagree with me, I'm sorry, you're wrong. Paul is calling Timothy to be content in the gospel and to not crave material possessions. You know what? Craving material possessions is what causes us to ignore these issues. Because we've got to have a better house and we've got to have a better car. We've got to have a better... We can't give to the church because our mortgage is $1,700 a month and our car notes total about $3,000. And then we've got insurance and we've got to eat right and we've got to go out and do this with people. But we can't afford to give to the church because we're too poor. I'm broke. I'm about broke. Never mind that you've spent more than 10% of what you have on clothing or shoes or hunting or whatever your thing is, you're broke. And you can't give. Because God comes last. That is not the heart of the Lord. Materialism and clinging to these things is damning. Do you know what quicksand is? You know what quicksand is? It's, it's that, that, that time where you step into something. And you fight and struggle to get out and all you do is go deeper. That's how materialism is. But I want to tell you something else about that. That's what sex slavery is. Here's the thing, parents, and I want to harp on this to you, young parents especially, or if you're going to be a parent, guard your kids. Raise your kids. There is not one person that just woke up one day and said, I want to buy a sex slave. It started with small things like looking at a magazine with naked pictures in it. And that moved to pornography. And that moved to hardcore pornography. And that moved to buying a sex toy in the form of a human being. It's a progression. And it's real. And it is affecting us today. And we as Christians are called to stand against it. To stop Ignoring the issues. Indifference is not an option, right? How many of you know the, the verse Philippians 1.21? Y'all know what that is without me saying it? To live is Christ and to die is gain, right? Y'all know that one? 
Paul said that. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. How many of you want dying to be gain? Y'all can raise your hands. If you can raise your hand in a Baptist church, I'm pretty sure you can raise one here. You know, dying is only gain when living is Christ. God is calling us to stand, to not be indifferent. Just because you do not know does not make these issues not exist. We're called to stand against darkness, right? I'm going to tell you something. It does not get any more dark than sex slavery. One of my favorite stories, and I've heard it about... Two different guys. One of them was an author. The other guy was John Newton. But it really doesn't matter. It's kind of the principle. There's a young boy sitting in his house. And he's sick and he's by the window and it's real cold. And his nanny's telling him, get away from the window. You're going to catch your death. And he says, I can't right now. I'm watching this man poke holes in the darkness. And what it was was a lamplighter walking by lighting lamps. Every time he lit a lamp, it got brighter outside. To live as Christ means that we're called to poke holes in the darkness, right? Every one of us, from the youngest to the oldest, is called to fight against sin and to fight against these issues. And indifference is not an option. We are called to be salt and light in this world. We are called to care. We are called to respond to these issues. Brothers and sisters, my appeal to you this morning is is to care, is to respond, is to not let this be a blind spot in your life. The Bible says for freedom, you've been set free. So here's what that means. It means that every one of us was born into slavery. We were born dead in our trespasses. But here's the thing. Even though we offended an almighty, infinite God, He sent His Son to live on this earth, the life we couldn't live, defeat the enemy that we couldn't defeat by dying a death and three days later rising from the grave. And for that freedom, we've been set free. We are called to live in that freedom and to carry the gospel to everyone around us. Would you pray with me, church? Father God, we come before you this morning, Father, just asking for your understanding, for your grace, Father, for your mercy. And Father, I just pray that, above all, that you you would want us and bring us a desire to glorify you and honor you by not being indifferent to these issues. Father, give us a heart that is compassionate the things that you're compassionate about. Father, give us a love for the people that you love. Father, open our eyes so that we may see you. Better behold your glory. Father, we love you and thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen.